Good morning, everyone. Happy Father's Day. If you would please take your Bibles and turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now, I want to test some of you to see when you hear the chapter, Galatians chapter 5, is there anything that comes to mind? How, have, how many of you have something that comes to mind when you hear about Galatians chapter 5? Anybody have any ideas? Okay, some of you, good. Well, Galatians chapter 5 is famous for a particular group of verses. Very, very famous for in Galatians chapter 5 is where we have recorded the fruits of the Spirit. How many of you have ever heard of the fruits of the Spirit? Oh, good, good. I'm glad to see more hands. Well, they're found in Galatians chapter 5. So when you ever want to find where they're at, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5. And today, we're going to spend some time looking at the fruits of the Spirit. But before we do that, let us pray together. Our gracious God, we bow before you this morning, grateful and thankful for all that you are and all that you do for us. And today, as we open our Bibles and look at these fruits of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that we would be able to understand, but more importantly, I pray that each one here this morning would be filled with your Spirit, would walk in your Spirit, and that you, dear Spirit of God, would bring forth these fruits in each of our lives, in each of our homes and our families. We praise you now and we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Today is Father's Day, and it's a special day, isn't it? It's a day when we remember fathers and we give thanks for fathers. It's a day in which um, children think about their dads and dads think about how big of a job it is to be a dad. And as I've been thinking about this, I thought, my, of all the things that dads and kids need to learn is the fruits of the Spirit. How real and how amazing dads would be if they brought forth the fruits of the Spirit. No amens? Can you say amen? Okay, let's try that again. How amazing it would be if dads brought forth the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. Yes. But you know it's not just for dads. How amazing would it be for every child, no matter how old, to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit? Yes, it's so very true. Now, I imagine that you have all heard the fruits of the Spirit because they're actually very, 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 very famous. But do we know them? And that's the first question. But then do we understand them? And then the next question is, do we allow the Spirit of God to bring them forth in our lives? So this morning, we're going to take some time looking at each of the fruits of the Spirit and some of the things that they learn about, we can learn about them. We'll see how this works here. I thought maybe this table would work as a stand, but I don't know for sure. 
I think it would be good for us to read them together. So you have your Bibles there in Galatians chapter 5. Let's read together out loud verses 22 and 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. Well, I'd like to look at the first word and the last phrase for just a moment. The first word. What's the first word? But. Now, that implies something, doesn't it? It means that there's something else that came before the fruits of the Spirit. Well, let's look and see what that might be. And in order for us to know that, we need to look back at verse 16. And in verse 16, we read this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so the reason why in verse 22 there is the word but is because... The Holy Spirit has just inspired Paul to write about the works of the flesh. And we can see some of those over in verse 19. For it tells us there that the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm glad it doesn't just end right there. I'm glad it says then, but. But the fruits of the Spirit are, again, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And get this next phrase, against such there is. How many laws? There's none, no law. Now, if you look back at the works of the flesh, how many of you think there's a law against murder? Oh my, some of you need to learn about your civics. How many of you think there's a law against murder? Oh, yes, there is. Good, I'm glad you know that. Now, how many of you know against a, a law against joy? Oh, you, none of you know of any law against joy? Well, there isn't. That's kind of the point here. So you see here, we have two things demonstrated for us. We have the works, and notice that word works, of the flesh, and then we have the fruits of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Now see, we could spend a lot of time talking about the difference between works and fruits, but I'd like to talk about some of the fruits of the Spirit this morning, focus on those. And so we look at those. What are they? 
So looking at verse 22, somebody shout out for me the very first fruit of the Spirit. Oh, good, love. Now this is a tricky word. Do you know why? Why do you think this might be a tricky word? I've heard a few things. I heard misused. Did I hear that over here? What did I hear over here? More than one meaning. Yeah. So what and how is this one? What is love? Now, help me out this morning. I don't want to do all the teaching. I want us to think about this now in our homes. In our homes. If we, as dads, are filled with the Spirit, and if we, as children, are filled with the Spirit, and so that means that the Spirit is living inside of us, the Holy Spirit of God, and he is filling us, and we are walking in him, that means that he is, as we sang a little bit earlier, the Lord having his way with us. And if he's having his way with us, he will use us to love other people. So what does that look like when that fruit comes forth? You know, when we see an apple, it comes forth, and what's it look like? Well, it depends what kind, but it's nice and and, and red and juicy and delicious, right? So love here is one of the fruits of the Spirit. What does it look like? Anybody want to help me out? What's it look like? Mr. Smith? Considering others above yourself. You want to elaborate on that? What's that might look like when, um, oh, you, you, you have an illustration, it's dinner table or at chore time or what? Ah, not talking over one another. That means that when somebody else is talking, you're listening and paying attention and showing them consideration. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a verse to what he said. Did you know he didn't just make that up? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is another famous chapter. Does anybody know what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about? Love, that's right. Love. And you know there's a word there that says love is not unseemly. You know another way we could say that? Love is considerate. Love is polite. What's another way? That the Holy Spirit, when we are letting him fill us in our home, can bring love. Lincoln? Serving. Very good. Serving. You have an example of how we could serve, how a, how a dad could serve his family, or how, how a child could serve the family? Very good. Did you all hear that? Very good. So love is serving one another. That's good. Any other ideas, thoughts? How, how is love? Yes? Mm-hmm. So a negative, not being selfish, and then of putting others first. 
Very good. Anybody, you want to, you have an illustration of how that might work in a home? So when you're playing together and you have a toy and both of you want to play with the toy, you could share it. Sharing would be a part of love, wouldn't that? So if the fruit, if the spirit is bringing forth fruit, even with the toys, one of those fruits is going to be love, which also <gasps> includes sharing. Did you know that loving is sharing? Yes. Okay. Any other thoughts on the word love? Ethan. Initiative. You have an illustration? There we go. Yes, initiative. That goes along with serving too, doesn't it? Very good. Any other thoughts? Mr. Reisinger? Very good. Did you all catch that? In a nutshell, the love, true love, that's love flowing from God is consistent and persistent no matter what, every day, all the time. Yes, very good. Yes, Mrs. Roma. Forgiving. Yes, forgiving. Over in 1 Corinthians 13, we can learn a little bit about that, can't we? Um, 1 Corinthians 13 let me see here if I can get there. It speaks of, of love that rejoiceth not in iniquity. Another in 1 John, it tells us that love covers a multitude of sins, not covering in the way of secrets, but covering in the sense of forgiveness. Yes, so this is love. Any other thoughts on how love can be in the home? Bruce? Unconditional. What do you mean by that? How's that work in a home? Very good. So that means that if my sister is being a real troublemaker, I should still love her? Are you sure? Is he right? Is he right? Yes. Very good. Any other thoughts on how love can be in the home? The fruit of the Spirit come forth in love. What's that look like? Yes, Mrs. Randall. Who gets the last piece of ah, who gets the last piece of chocolate cake? That comes back to sharing, doesn't it? Sharing, showing love. It's not selfish. It's not selfish. We could go through all 1 Corinthians, and the truth of the matter is, this one here, see, I kind of put it in the middle of the board because really a lot of the other fruits of the Spirit flow out of this one because... 1 John tells us that God is love. And if the Holy Spirit is God, and He is, that means that He is love, which means that if He is living inside of you, then you will bring forth love. Since we're talking about that, before we keep going on, this is really important. Does the Spirit of God live in you? Does God's Spirit live in you? 
Because you see, we've looked at the works of the flesh just a little bit. Now we're looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And, you know, sometimes you can invent love and you can invent some of these other fruits, but they won't last. And in some ways, they might even be rotten unless they're ultimately coming from the Holy Spirit of God. So a question to ask that I'm asking is, do you have the Holy Spirit? Does he live inside of you? And we know from the Bible that when you believe in Jesus and trust in him, then his spirit comes and lives inside of you. And then you can walk in him day by day. You can be filled with him day by day. But it starts with having the spirit of God. And when you have the spirit of God, and if you don't quench him, and you walk in him, and you let him fill you, one of the fruits he brings forth is love. So what's the first fruit of the Spirit? What's the second fruit of the Spirit? Joy. Joy. Let's see here. Joy. Well, what might that look like in dads and moms and kids? Does it look like this? Leave me alone. Be quiet. How many of you think it looks like that? Oh, none of you? So what might it look like? What might it be? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I'm looking for two answers here. Because joy is, well, actually, so is love. All of these are actually interesting because there's, there's two kinds of joy. There's a joy that's on the inside, and there's a joy that's on the outside. And they go together. Because if there's joy on the outside and there's no joy on the inside, then there's not real joy on the outside. So what's joy look like in the home? Virgil. Singing. Wait a minute. Where were they? They were in bonds, not just in prison. They were in the inner, inner, it says the innermost prison, that's like the dungeon, dungeon, in bonds. And they were singing? Well, when we have the Holy Spirit living in us, he will bring forth the fruit of joy, so that even when things are really, really bad, we can sing. So singing is something that comes on the outside. Singing. When might you sing in home, at home? None of you sing? Oh, did you hear what she said? Sometimes you can sing and it makes you happy. That's true. Actually, a piece of that is where I was going to go with another part of this. One part of this is not just singing, but is praise or worship. And when you're struggling with having joy or you don't have joy, 
then you can praise and worship God. And sometimes that's done through singing. It can be done in lots of ways. Worship is, is in all parts of our lives, but we're, singing is one way, and it can actually produce the joy on the inside. Worship and praise does. What's another thing? What, what might be included in joy? Any other ideas? Elijah? He says, when you obey and share, it will bring you joy. Isn't that interesting? So when you love, it will result in what? Joy. Anything else? What else? How else might joy be in a family? Micaiah? Happy. That's right. Any other ideas? Pardon me? God's strength. That comes from a scripture that speaks that the joy of the Lord is the strength, is my strength. When you're feeling like you don't have joy, the joy of the Lord will give you the strength. Think about it for a moment negatively. Hmm. Do you think that one of the fruits of the Spirit is complaining? How many of you think that's one of the fruits of the Spirit? You think that goes along with joy? Do you think complaining goes with joy? How many think complaining goes with joy? Oh, good, none of you. How many of you think that complaining does not go with joy? Yes, it does not go with joy. So sometimes when we look at the fruits of the Spirit, there may not be something right off immediately that comes on a positive sense, but there is a negative that shows that the fruit of the Spirit isn't there. Do you see that? We may be sitting in a day and trying to pay our taxes or pay our bills, and I don't know if we're necessarily going to hum and sing while we pay bills. But I can guarantee you it's not the fruit of the Spirit if you're grumbling, murmuring, and complaining while paying bills. Do you see? You may not be singing while you're paying bills, but if the joy of the Lord is in you, which is a fruit of the Spirit, you won't be complaining. So just as we look at the positive sides of joy, we have to look at some of the negatives and complaining isn't one of them. But I would say that singing, smiling, praising, thanking are all results of joy. And they can be so real in life. But if there's murmuring, if there's complaining, if there's bickering, um, if there's strife, that means there's, there's no joy doesn't it? And when there's no joy, it can give us a little hint that we are quenching the Spirit. Quenching is like, imagine a hose with me, and water's flowing through the hose, and you take it and you kink it so no more water can flow through. Well, the Holy Spirit flows through our lives and brings forth life and fruit in our lives. And when we let the Holy Spirit do that, it will bring forth joy. But when we quench them, it's because we're complaining, we're bickering, we're murmuring. And that's not one of the fruits of the Spirit. And that means that we have quenched the Spirit and we need to yield to Him and let Him fill us again. So the first fruit of the Spirit is what? And the second is what? And the third is what? Peace. Let's see, where should we put peace? P 
peace. Hmm. Let's see, what does that look like at home? What's that look like at home? Elijah? Peace between brothers and sisters. That's good. Do you think there should be Hopi? Oh, my. She said peace between your enemies. Do you think you can have enemies in your home? That's a scary thought, isn't it? In some homes, it is very, very real. But a fruit of the Spirit will bring about peace even then. So peace between brothers and sisters, peace between your enemies. Who else needs peace? I like that theme. Any other themes? Do you think we need peace between mom and dad, husbands and wives? How many of you think we need peace between husbands and wives? Oh, good. Yes, we do. We need peace between moms and dads, between parents and children. We need peace. So what is peace? What is peace? How do we know if peace is there in the home? So it's, she said, a quietness and a resting in the Lord. I'm so glad you brought that because we were talking here. Elijah said, peace between brothers and sisters. And Hope said, peace with your enemies. And then we thought, peace between mom and dad. Peace with God. Peace with God. If you don't have first peace with God, then it's hard to have peace with your, your wife or your husband. If you don't have peace with God, it's hard for you to have peace with your brother or sister. So it's most important that you, first of all, have peace with God, which will be a quietness. So let's think about it negatively. How might, if we see things at home, how might we say, oh, that's not a fruit of the Spirit? What are some things we might see that are not peace? Yes. Fighting. You're right. So does that mean that if a brother and sister are fighting, that there is the fruit of the Spirit of peace? Yes or no? No. So there shouldn't be fighting. Everybody agree? There shouldn't be fighting. And when there is fighting, it means that the fruit of the Spirit is not there, which means that the Spirit is being quenched, and we need to let the Spirit live our lives so that there can be peace. So peace is the absence, or peace, you could say, has no fighting. What's some other negative words that might go along with that? Yes. Lying. Oh, does that get in the way of peace? Yes, that's true. That one goes along with one of the other fruits coming up later on. We're going to talk about that too. Yes, Mr. Barrows. Anxiety and fear. See, sometimes we fear things or we're anxious about things. That's not peace. Just and being fair. That can, there, there's, a, there's a duplicity to that one a little bit because there's a rightness to justice and fairness, but then there's also a sense in which we allow it to take away our peace. I want to come back to, you mentioned their anxiety and fear. What would be an illustration? What's that in the home? What would be something? You have something in mind? 
Yes, yes. Resting in God is a part of peace that takes away the anxiety and the fear. Whether it's job security, what might be something for us as little people when there's not peace? Yes. Disobedience. Yes, disobedience results in the peace not being there because there's a problem. Any other thoughts on peace? Over in the other side of my page in Galatians chapter 5, it cites some things that are not peace. Over there we can read about the works of the flesh and we can read about hatred and we read about wrath and we read about strife. Mm. We can read about envies, murders. These such like are things that are the opposites of peace. This is perhaps these two here together have an element of identifiers that there's a problem. So let me offer a suggestion to you, all you dads and moms and kids. This week, start working to build a habit of looking for joy and peace in your home. And then paying attention if there's the opposite in your home. And when you realize that there's the opposite of peace or the opposite of joy... Sometimes we try to just go, hmm, we get frustrated and it just makes things worse. We get irritated and it just makes things worse. May I offer you a suggestion of what Galatians 5 is all about? When you realize there's no peace or when you realize there's no joy, recognize and identify that one of the main reasons is not so is because the Spirit of God is being quenched. It's a spiritual problem. And so when there's not joy and when there's not peace and when there's not love, sometimes we just make it worse when we need to first identify that it's because we're not letting the Spirit of God be there. I remember sometimes as a child riding in, in, in the van on a long road trip. Void as a road trip test people. Little kids, all ages. Because, well, as we come here to the next one, long suffering. Now, I know suffering is a relative term, and you might not think of a road trip as suffering. But it tests you. It tests you. And it will show and see joy. You know, just think of a long road trip. There's this excitement. We're going to go to Chicago for an outing or just at the beginning of a vacation. And yes, and then it wears on and on, and the traffic comes, and this disappears, and then this disappears, and then this disappears. And the real problem is, is that this got quenched. Or should I rephrase that? He, the Spirit of God, was quenched. And so, oftentimes, take it for example on the road trip, Sometimes we realize this is gone and this is gone and this is gone. And then we turn into bickering and barking and wrath when really we need to turn to the Spirit of God and say, Dear Spirit of God, 
We've quenched you. Will you come back into this van and fill us and bring forth fruit in our lives this time? So the fruits of the Spirit here are not just these nice, beautiful words to put on our walls. They're things to show us and to guide us every day to remind us of how much we need the Spirit of God. And then, what's the next one? So the first one we have is what? Second? Third? Fourth? Long-suffering. Let's see if I can do this. L-O-N-G. Got it so far? S-U-F. Is it two Fs? F. I'm running out of room. E. R. I. N. G. Long suffering. I like this word. Not really. Nobody wants to suffer, and nobody wants to suffer a long time. But I do like this word compared to some words that are used to replace it. Some people will say, oh, long-suffering, don't like that word. Let's use the word patience. Patience is a good word, and patience has to do with long-suffering. But I think this, picture, this word has better picture because oftentimes patience is suffering long with the right, oh, love, joy, and peace. That's what long-suffering is all about. So we're supposed to be long-suffering. Does that mean that part of the fruits of the Spirit is to suffer? That's a trick question. See, the answer is no. The Holy Spirit doesn't want us to suffer. But if we are to suffer, the Holy Spirit will help us to still have love, joy, and peace no matter how long the suffering is. And so it's very real in the midst of big, bad, hard suffering. You know, like actually being tortured or dying. These are really big suffering things that a lot of us don't think about, but yet sometimes we do have some of those in our homes. But maybe this one might help us on some other things. Um, how many of you moms and dads like things to be tidy? How many of you who like things to be tidy have had to suffer things not tidy? Now tell me, does that equal long-suffering? And do in the midst of that we have love, joy, and peace? Because we can suffer long, grumpy, spiteful, and um, with wrath. That's not long-suffering. That's actually making long-suffering long, 
long, long, long, wrong suffering. But you know, there's a sense in which, you know, we, we, we might like things tidy. Or, you know, I had an experience a few weeks ago where one of my kids was playing with some toys, and she was just singing over and over the same phrase to a song, and she must have sung it a thousand times. And, and I, I, I realized that here I was hearing a joyful little voice singing a joyful song of truth, and I was being aggravated. I put my noise-canceling headsets on and went outside. <laughs> and I started to think about it. And I thought, am I long-suffering in this? And here's the thing. That little person actually had this. And had this. And even had this. They just didn't know the rest of the song. <laughs> and I realized that this is a way I can be long-suffering and realize to rejoice in the fact and have joy in the fact that even though my child doesn't know the whole song, they're singing praise to God. And even in the midst of this here, I'm, I feel like I'm suffering long. But I really shouldn't be if I'm filled with the Spirit because it now turns into a joy. So I had to rephrase it. Sometimes, <sighs> hmm, you know diapers? They just seem to always be coming. And blowouts? Oh my, that's like suffering. Not really though. See, long suffering is recognizing this isn't, this isn't pleasant, this isn't nice, but do I lose my joy over it? Do I stop loving my child and demonstrating true love to my child? And do I let this problem turn into strife or anger or clamor? No. Especially when there's nothing that can be helped about it. And so in that, the Holy Spirit will give me long-suffering where I can respond to whatever that is with love, with joy, and with peace. And then it changes. You know, diapers are one thing. But then, you know, it goes to, do you know children? This is really true for us dads. Sometimes, I, I, I wish sometimes that child training was as easy as just saying it to be so and it's so. Yeah, you laugh because it's not that way. It's not that way. It's, it's an ongoing and a day-by-day -day realizing of different things. Teaching a skill. You know, it's a whole lot easier for me to just do the dishes by myself. This week, I opened the drawer up and pulled a fork out, and it had dried food on it. And I had a moment of long-suffering. I had a choice, though to have it be spirit-filled long-suffering 
or flesh-filled long-suffering. Flesh-filled long-suffering would have taken and thrown it across the room or thrown it into the sink or I don't know what. Different people respond differently. may just be the grumbly grumble comment under the breath. Well, it happened early this week, and then this morning it happened again. Well, you know, um, eventually the child who's learning to wash dishes will, if, if, they, if, they, if they are filled with the Spirit, will learn goodness, which is one that's coming up, and which is character, which will mean thoroughness, which will mean orderliness, which will mean cleanness. But, you know, they're still figuring it out. And it does me no good to lose the joy or the love or the peace and worst of all, to quench the Spirit of God when He has given me the ability to long suffer through a dirty fork here and there. So again, if you come to my house and you find a dirty fork, please long suffer. We're working on it. Because truly, if I were washing the dishes, now I'm going to boast, that's even worse, they wouldn't be like that. And you know what? When my older child does it, and if there are them, you know, we're going to respond. A we're still going to have long suffering, but we're going to deal with and respond to it a little differently than when Naomi is doing the dishes. Do you see? All the while, both of them still require long suffering and require the fruits of the Spirit. But do you see how they're there? So the next time you have one of those things and you pull the dirty fork out of the drawer and you lose this, don't turn on the kid. Turn to the Holy Spirit. And then he will help you with joy, love, peace, long-suffering, and look, the next one is gentleness. With gentleness to instruct that child. You see? Let's see, where do we put gentleness? Is that how you spell gentleness? I'm sorry? Look how easy whiteboards are. See, I don't do whiteboards because I have dyslexia and I do that all the time. Gentleness. Well, what is gentleness? What's that look like in the home? Grandma <laughs> looks like grandma. That's Hopefully that's true. But you know it can look like mom, too. It could look like the kids. What is gentleness? Gentleness is kindness. Gentleness is a tender heart. Gentleness is needed when a child hurts themselves and the long-suffering needs to be gentleness, it's easy sometimes to tell children, well, just get over it. And, and, and sometimes you need the Spirit to help you know when it is a gentleness that is needed in, in compassion 
and when there is a gentleness needed in correction, in instruction. But in all of it, it needs to be gentle. Do you know that you can discipline with gentleness? In fact, if you don't have all of these in discipline, if it's not, if discipline of children doesn't come with the Holy Spirit leading in it, it won't be effective. Even in all of it, there is a need to be gentle. Well, it's not. If we looked over across the page here, some of the other things that it would be over there is, is um, hatred and, and wrath and anger and abuse. No, that's not gentleness. Now, what I think is fascinating, we're running all out of time here, but as it continues on here, I want to complement gentleness with another one. It's the word meekness. See, in parenting, we need gentleness, but if we don't have gentleness and meekness, because, by the way, actually, if we go into chapter 6 here, right after all of this, it actually deals with how to correct those who are in sin. And it needs all of the fruits of the Spirit. And one of those is particularly identified as meekness. And so gentleness is balanced with meekness. Gentleness is that tender-hearted kindness. Meekness speaks of strength. Meekness is power. But the reason we use meekness instead of strength and power is because it is strength and it is power that is exactly the amount needed. It is restrained and it is in perspective. It is under control. And it is used in the perfect weight of balance. That's the meaning of it. Meekness is about the strength and it's about power. And moms and dads and kids, we all need strength and we all need power but it needs to be under control and it needs to be in the perfect balance and perspective. And gentleness is what helps to balance it and adds to meekness. So do you see how this falls in? Oh my, we didn't get through things here today. I was thinking through another note here I had on gentleness, a thought, and sometimes this is helpful for all of us, is to weep with those that weep. You know that proverb in the Old Testament? That's a part of gentleness. It's a part of gentleness. When there is sorrow for, that our wives have, do we actually show the sympathy and the gentleness and even cry with her or with the child? Do we? That's part of gentleness, being tender-hearted. It's not about being hard or mean or cruel. Those would be works of the flesh. So we have in review. Goodness. You know, we could do an entire lesson on goodness. Where do we put goodness? Goodness. Goodness. What is goodness? Things that are good. Was that hard? So what is goodness? Things that are good. So what's goodness? Things that are good. 
oh, we could go on and on and on and on and on with this one here. Let me give you an idea for home life of a word to, to add as a sub-point of goodness. Can I give you a sub-point of goodness? The word character. You see, we want to build in our children good character. Character is a goodness. And true character ultimately still needs to come and be a fruit of the Spirit. You know, things like orderliness, decency, politeness, kindness, initiative, um, attentiveness, and the list goes on and on and on and on. It is very important for us as moms and dads to teach our children character. It is very important for us as moms and dads to live ourselves with the integrity of character. That is goodness, but not by some means of self-discipline, regiment, and rigid structure. Structure is good. Discipline is good. But it must also be the filling, and foundationally, I should say, the filling of the Spirit of God and recognizing that ultimately, if it's not with the Spirit of God, no matter how much structure there is or discipline there is, it's, if we actually read the whole book of Galatians, it's bondage. It must have as its foundation. Discipline must be a fruit of the Spirit. Structure must be the fruit of the Spirit. Otherwise, we set ourselves up for a lot of trouble. And so goodness is not just character qualities, but it's also, think of the negative, it's the opposite of what? Badness. We don't use that word very often, do we? But another word we might use is evil. Evilness, that's a word. Goodness is the opposite of evil. So those things that are evil are the opposite of goodness. Can we cover one more? This one is faith. Faith. Hmm, that's interesting. The word faith at its core means belief, but it's tied with anything relating to truth. Faith is believing the truth. Faith is being true. Faith is knowing truth. Faith is tied together everything relating to truth. So earlier, yes, um, truth was given as a question, or not lying, and indeed lying would take away peace, but not lying ties in with faith. But it ultimately then, true faith comes back to faith in the Spirit of God. So we're in Galatians. As we close, we, we haven't done fully meekness and temperance against such there's no law, so we're going to come back to that. But as we wrap up today, look back at Galatians chapter 2 with me and verse 20. Galatians 2, 20. Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and I believe he is writing what every Christian ought to truly believe about themselves. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How do I live? I live by the faith 
of the Son of God. So much of the fruits of the Spirit here is tied into the reality of faith. Faith. That is believing and trusting in God. Do you believe these are the fruits of the Spirit? Do you believe that the absence of these is an evidence of the Spirit being quenched? Believe it. Believe the truth. When you have faith and understand these are the fruits of the Spirit, when these are absent, it's not that the Holy Spirit is absent. It may be that the Holy Spirit is absent and that He doesn't live in you, or it may be that He does live in you and you've quenched them. And in those times when these are absent, there are little alarms for us that we are in trouble and we need the Spirit of God. So, this is Father's Day. Can you do something for me this week? Take time as families and read Galatians chapter 5. Take time as individuals and read Galatians chapter 5, especially the fruits of the Spirit. And can you think and meditate more on these different ones? And think of how they live in your family. And next week we're going to come back and we're going to finish them. But as we come back and finish them, can you take the time of your meditation in the week and can you bring it together here? And, you know, I kind of sprung it on you here and you didn't have a lot of time to think about it. But now take the whole week and meditate on this and let's develop this more than just these words. But what does this look like? And how do we identify these fruits in our families, in our homes. Gracious Spirit of God, we thank you for what you do in our lives. We thank you for your fruit. Lord Jesus, may you fill us with your Spirit. May we day by day walk in you. May our life truly be the result of your faithfulness, you living your life through us. Teach us and guide us as moms and dads as we teach and guide our children. And Lord Jesus, help us and guide us through the times when we struggle to explain and teach, knowing that you can do just that in our lives and families this week, we pray in Jesus' name.